Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Humans Have Wheels. Written by For Use at Works. Sir, the humans are creating things with these 3D printers in the machine shop for personal use, reported Sergeant-at-Arms Quarry. Quarry's orderly at Leap Science Fleet Survey Cruiser, Amor Armarium, had been frustratingly disorderly since the humans had come on board with his extended mission. Have they exceeded their personal assembly materials allowance? asked the EXO. No, sir, replied Quarry grudgingly. The EXO found Quarry's fragmented complaints about the humans' cultural differences tiresome. Did they override the safety locks and print dangerous items? continued the EXO. No, sir, replied Kuwari, growing frustrated with the EXO's lack of concern. Then what is your concern, Sergeant? sighed the EXO. They printed wheels for their feet, cried Kuwari. This gave the EXO a moment's pause. Wheels, sir, for their feet, he asked. Sergeant-at-arms Kuwari would no longer contain himself. For their weekly morale and socialization activity, sir, words spitting from Kuwari. It's madness! Chaos! They took over the empty cargo bay 51. They hung a faceted reflective sphere from the overhead and pointed lasers at it. They changed the environment lighting to color-changing and strobing effects. They are zooming about. The mating pheromone smell almost knocked me over when I opened the door. Madness! They will likely... Sergeant at arms, Quirari, you will enhance your calm, barked the EXO. Sergeant at arms, Quirari, quailed and was silent. The EXO tapped his personal access device and pulled up the human social activity schedule. Roller disco night, he mused. I wondered what that meant. End of story. Story number two. Eyes open, written by my name means bent nose. She opened her eyes. Ah, success perhaps. The Sistian noble looked up at her with an handsome, slanted eyes, mouth curling with pleasure. Patron Bitchell, why was he here? She couldn't move. She seemed to be standing up. She took a step towards the distinguished old reptile, but moved no closer. What? She took another step, to no avail. Kishu looked down at herself. Her short arms and legs shimmered oddly. Her long body was a little less so. She wore a traditional tabard belt and dress with the green and gold colors typical of the noble staring at her with his orange eyes. She brought her thin tail around, but when she held the tip of her tail at her hands, she felt nothing. A success indeed. You will be confused, of course. Patron Pachel spoke. You are lucky we could save you. My son Brackshell will be pleased to see that you can speak. Kishu attempted to bend over to touch her snout to the floor in the required Cistean greeting of common born to a noble blood. 
attempted, but could not. She found herself restricted by a wall that she could not feel. Above her was a complex, round apparatus that shimmered with light. Below her, a pedestal with deep grooves around the edge. She carefully looked and could just see the crystal around her. A transparent cylinder set into the groove to hold her tight. But why? My distinguished lord, please, what has happened to me? Kishu could barely keep a quiver of fear from her tail and her voice. You died, of course. We have preserved your mind as a memoir crystal. Quite an expensive device, but white scales were always quite rare, Bishtel said, adding in a dismissive wave with the tip of his tail. I understand that this can be quite a bit to take in. So, I have awoken you early so that you may compose yourself before meeting my foolish son. His son, Brackshell. Just a day ago, that name would have sent her heart racing. Right now, it barely even registered. Kishu might not have been able to bend over forwards, but she could fall to her knees. She could feel the stress hormones dyeing the scales behind her eyes black, and this time, Kishu couldn't keep the emotion from her voice. I've died, my distinguished lord. What are my parents and my sibling clutch? But Shell examined something on the pedestal underneath her and flicked his tail again. It is of no matter. Concern yourself only with meeting my son tomorrow. She opened her eyes. Adrian Brackshell stood before her, playing with the mechanisms on her pedestal. A brightly colored wingless avian stood over him with his long arms clasped behind. And she has no remaining relatives? the avian asked. Oh no, she and her family were all slain in the bombing of the Venturus when the burrows were flattened. Pure luck that she was retrieved, the only one of my glitters that I could revive. There was a time that Kishia would have been shocked and horrified to hear that, but she knew patron Brackshell much better than her adolescent self. Even if she still appeared to be adolescent, even if she was no more than a glitter, a pretty trophy. Her mind had long matured. Kishu almost spat the words that had long sat in her head. You always claimed ignorance of my family state. Ah, Kishu, it has been a few years. So, I imagine. So yes, good news. Sold you to my business partner, Thweet Sarish. How many fancy tales did you spin for you, Thweet? Kishu didn't bother restraining the acid in her voice. The bird didn't care. As you say, she has Spock. I'll take her. Of course, Brackshaw would have a voice audible for sale. He let her spark when she was still innocent, still a malleable display piece. Once she'd realized Brackshaw only kept her as a decoration and a status display, he'd been forced to mute her and her increasingly angry complaints. Good, good. I will have the Memrock Crystal package for you in the hands day. Not even going to say goodbye, Brackshaw. The green-scaled patron didn't even look as he turned off her memoir. She opened her eyes.
The storage room was dark but for a few glow crystals and the emergency lights over the entrance door. The room was thick with crates and varying sizes shrouded in darkness. Sweet Sharish stood in front of her with a foot off the floor while wringing his hands. His bright, multi-colored plumage had long failed. Now he was just a miserable 300-year-old merchant. Your bitter moods won't save you this time, Snap Snout. Sweet crowd as he wrung his hands. Good for you, Rainbow Turd. Kishu replied with all the haughty attitude that she could muster. Found someone as gullible as yourself. Sweet's feathers sticked down tight to his body with displeasure. Just because your childhood crush never cared for you is no reason to insult my customers. Kishu allowed herself a hiss with pleasure. There was truly many beings out there unwilling to tolerate a little rude behavior. Well, sweet, you certainly treated me no better. And he hadn't. He'd left her as a public display piece in one of the busiest stations in one of the busiest sectors in the spiral arm. He had left her to watch literally millions of individuals live their free, happy lives. No matter, here it is now, a new owner, Axel Chet. Thweet's hands were still rubbing. It, the being that walked through the door, seemed like an insectoid with a hard brown exoskeleton, but Kishu could barely tell. It walked on four legs, evenly spread around its torso, the thing had two medium-sized arms and a long arm that extended from the backside like a tail. It stopped next to Sweet and stared at her with a single emotionless black orb. You are the Kishu of the Crystal Memoir. This one is Axel Tech of Research. She opened her eyes and checked her arm. Still, she still looked like an alien but with a white exoskeleton instead of a normal brown. Her wake has spoke an unfamiliar creature. She shifted her eye to get a proper look. At first, she thought she was looking at a Cistian. He looked much like her own people, but there was a slight difference. Barred pupils, not slitted. A wide, flat tail instead of a long, whip tail. And most notably, he was an amphibian, made obvious by the cap on the shoulder plates that dripped moisture down his flesh. This is the Crystal Memoir, yes, Axel Chet replied. Name this. The newcomer was using a translator that didn't quite mesh with her memoir. She'd heard similar things a few times during her years with Sweet, but this seemed worse. Not known. Generation first, Axel Tech did not record. What? Aren't you Axel Tech? Kishu asked, surprised enough to speak for the first time in a while. Axel Chet had always been more concerned with the memoir, but had resisted the urge to destroy hers. She had seen other memoirs dismantled while their residents were alive. No, the emotionless monster had instead used hers as a test. One of the many things he'd done was to change her body to match his. He'd even reprogrammed her to use extra legs and arm as naturally as his own race. Axel checks six ancestor units removed. This one is Axel Chest. Interest? Well, the amphibian started checking a bag hanging at his hip. But you look identical, Kishore whispered. Six generations. 
Hive Daxelshin, all identical. How? How long? By my estimates, 1500 removed, you are of your cycles. The amphibian was speaking through a wand with a circular receiver on the end. The wand translated what he was saying to something that she could understand. Kashu looked at him with shock. Fifteen hundred? Yes, the Daxelshin have already forwarded me the data technical of memory crystal yore. I am viewers, historian, and I'll be possession taking you of. Priceless, Renick Yore. Stian Gon is as now you. She opened her eyes. Surely from hers different before. Kishu slumped as she returned to existence. She didn't bother to look. It heard thousands of useless conversations already. Expected, yes. Preserve history valued was. Mammal crap, but miserable looks. Viewers had long gone, but she'd given up on long before. The old historian had seemed fun at first, bombarding her with endless questions about her old life and her time with the merchant twerp, something or the other. Language needed not, politeness had please, forgiveness not can. But viewers did not care to return the favor. He only wanted, only asked, only demanded. He was unwilling to grant anything in return, valuing the sanctity of her historical purity of her own well-being. He had been absolutely mortified when he found out that she didn't know her own people were gone. Viewers hadn't made that sort of mistake again. Neither had any of those who had followed. Ask then must. Your terms I agree to. Condition but. Conditioned? So Kishu had stopped speaking. Only a bit at a time, but more and more as time passed. This made viewers any successes more demanding and stubborn. Not that she cared. The only stopped asking when she stopped speaking entirely. Now, the new voice said with a deadly finality. She could barely see the silhouette of shoulders and her head. Kishu didn't care to look. She'd long since given up. She opened her eyes. Eyes? Kishu shifted, looked around for the first time, and who knew how long? Her short arms were back with her all three-fingered hands. Kishu raised her tail, but still couldn't feel it when she grabbed the tip of the appendage. How is it? Kishu, right? What? Kishu asked in surprise, looking at the unfamiliar new biped. A mammal, a primate, perhaps. It wore simple pants and tucked in shirt. Its flesh was pale and pink, and it had a well-groomed patch of brown hair on much of its head and some of its lower mandible. Two more horizontal patches of fur sat above a pair of green-brown eyes. The corners of the mouth dropped as Kishu spoke. Kishu jumped, startled when it spoke, distracted as she was staring into his eyes. I thought I got the old translations correct. It scrunched its chin and turned away. No, wait, I understood, Kishu called out. I'm just surprised. The wetskin said that we were wiped out. Psht, wetskin. <laughs> the names are universe. The creature had bared his teeth for a moment, but all the life seemed to leave its body in the next breath. You, uh, you knew. The greatest dishonor of the historian viewers' life was letting slip to me that it was no living Cistians remained. 
The mammal looked up into her eyes, and for the first time in a very long time, she felt as if someone was seeing her. Well, Kishu, I have you at something of a disadvantage, since your name is engraved on the control panel here. It is, but they said... Forget that, the mammal interrupted, putting his hand as high on the glass as he could reach. Let's start something new here. She crouched to place her hand where his had rested. So, Kishu, I am a male human in my prime, and my name is Miles. He bared his teeth, and the sides of his eyes wrinkled in a most unusual way, and I would like us to be friends. Kishu felt stress hormones turning to scale patches behind her eyes black. I would like that too, Miles. She opened her eyes and felt the gentle brush of moving air. A hand held hers, and for the first time in 2,000 years, she felt the warmth of another living being. Can I tell you a secret, Kishu? She looked at the man who saved her soul. Of course you can, Miles. She felt the sound resonating in her throat was one that she'd never known she was missing. Kishu found herself drawn into his green-blue eyes once again. Miles smiled at her, his eyes wrinkling in that funny way that she liked. Kishu sounds very much like kiss you in my native tongue. It was just like him to joke at a moment like this. And as far as names go, it's gorgeous. Miles had only let his smile grow wider. Want to see what Earth looks like? I can't think of anything I've ever wanted more, Kishu replied. Kishu sat up slowly, happily letting him help her sit up. He then climbed down from the growth table. He held her hand as she wobbled on her feet, completely unfamiliar with the new flesh and blood body. Miles helped her from the room to the living room and then to the entrance. She held her breath as he reached out and pulled the ancient-style latch to open the door. The sun was so bright against the new eyes Kishu couldn't help but squeeze her eyelids shut. And it was so warm. Easy, Miles breathed, drawing her outside carefully despite her momentary blindness. Kishu followed slowly, carefully, enjoying the warmth of the sunlight upon her. And then she opened her eyes. End our story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.